saying I love you is awesome and it yeah. feels good. And we, I think I had phrased it when I pitched it to you as like, let's be a little emotionally reckless. Let's be emotionally irresponsible. That's right. Emotionally reckless. Yeah. Oh, like just hearing that phrase makes me like, like floods those my body with those feelings mm-hmm. again, you know? Yeah. Like God. cuddling up with someone and like acting like this is uh, the spooning you do with a partner you've been with for five years. But for mm-hmm. a night, we're kind of role playing being in love in yeah. a way. Wow. This is like such a validating conversation to be having. <laughs> this is really hot. For How me. so? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just um, really rare that you receive like feedback like this from anybody <laughs> ever about what it's like to get to know you and what your how your profile reads on the internet and just hearing that like that is enough to be attractive to someone it's just not again it's not feedback i'm used to receiving look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the fan whores. Shout out to the whore heads. What's up, all you pod pervs? Pod pervs, that was a good one. Wait, why didn't we think of pod pervs forever ago? Rhonda, I'm pretty sure that one was your job. Anyways, this is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, 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 welcome to the show. If you're new to the program, you showed up on a very special week because I'm going back to my roots on this one. I have got on uh, Meryl Victoria a.k.a. So Very Meryl, a.k.a. Love Play Lady. Last year, I just gushed to you about this woman. And uh, and then like the following week, I had to be like, oops. And you know what? Let's I'll tell you a little bit more about Meryl in a bit, but just that's what we got going on this week. And also, yes, my voice does sound like this again. Yes, my voice did improve. Yes, I did fuck it up, but it was worth it. My boys, the Jets, what a win. I was at the game and just, you know, so two things will consistently blow up my voice. It turns out uh, sex parties and the Jets game Uh, back to back weeks. Look at me. Look at me go. Before we get to this week's guest, Meryl Victoria, let's do a real quick fan whore appreciation moment. I want to give a shout out to one of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Big ups right now to Phil Alexander for putting some money in my pockets. It was great meeting you at the Naked Comedy Show. Hoping to have more of those for you to come on out too. And you too can support the Man Whore Podcast and the work that I'm doing. Uh, You know, keep, keep me in the good pizza spot. Pretty please. Support the pod for as little as $2 a month. Uh, You can also give more than $2 a month. Don't let me limit you. You know, if like you see that $10 tier and you're like, I don't know, man, I kind of wanted to give more. Like I say, go for it. That's, that would be my advisement. Like if you wrote me an advice email at manhorpod at gmail.com, 
I would like advise to just like, you know, go with like whatever number you do 69 as a gag and like do that gag every month for like five years. Yeah. (laughs) I should probably tell you a URL. Hey, there's always a link in the show notes, but you can become a member today at patreon.com slash manwhore podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash manwhore podcast. Or download the Patreon app and find me on there. Okay. Meryl. So now I came onto the podcast and gushed to you. And I, you know, I went back to go listen to how I described the date. So I, I got a little clip I'm gonna play for y'all from uh, a year ago, March. It's uh, episode 374 with Alana Evans. Just listen to how fucking smitten I sound. So like, let me tell you what we did. We like, we built this container. So I laid in bed with this woman. We just started like affirming each other and validating each other. We just like saying these, like the fucking most, the cutest, most disgusting, most like lovey dovey, but also sincere and accurate things we could say to each other because it started off with like, I just, I love the way you do this. I love the way you do that. So I love this about you. I love that. And, and it works its way to, I love you. And the other one says, I love you back. And then we didn't just stop and giggle. Like, oh, that was cute. We tried the thing. We, you know, we said the I love you thing and stared into each other's eyes. And they're like, in that moment, I, I love this woman. I got to unconditionally love someone for a night. How fucking cool is that? And then we deconstruct, and then we just, we collapsed the container like it's Burning Man. We say like, this was wonderful. We had, we shared this moment in this space and this time. And now that time is done. The circus tent comes down. And the most assuring thing for those of you who may be worried uh, for me or about me, 24 hours afterwards, I didn't still think I was in love with this woman. But I, but I did love her on that night in that room. And I really like her. And uh, don't roll your eyes at me. I know some of you are rolling your eyes, okay? But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be responsible. I'm gonna be safe. I'm not gonna not gonna be an emotional idiot. And it made me think of that New York Times article and what that what that woman wrote at the end. Love can also be a choice. You're trapped in a cave as the world is about to end. You can choose to go out in that apocalypse loving another human being, or you can go out scared. Oh, that poor, poor idiot boy has no idea what's about to happen to him in 20 hours or so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, super smitten was all about her. Uh, you know, we'll get into it, but it didn't work out. And it was so cool to be sitting on her couch, uh, a couch that the last time I was sitting on it, like we were flirting and about to totally fuck all night. Right. I, maybe this is just because like I still did like if, if Meryl wanted to go on another date, like I would. Like, she's badass. She's great in bed. She's smart. She's, like, cultured and shit. Like, I had a great, right? So, but, yo, as we started talking, I don't know, like, the chemistry still felt there. And that's such a cool thing I love about doing the show or, at least, you know, or about doing the interviews with my exes was, like, I'm talking to someone with whom I once clicked. And so, like, we meet up again years later or whatever time later. And a lot of times, like, we still click. Because that chemistry was still there. There's just something situationally getting in the way or uh, I said something dumb. Odds are usually on the ladder, but sometimes they just needed to move for grad school. 
Merrill's going to tell you why we didn't work out and, uh, and a whole lot more. Got a couple commercials for you, and then we're going to go chit-chat with Merrill Victoria. You're back here now, you know? I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I am. I'm happy to be back. It's not the context in which I think I thought I'd be back, but... <laughs> Fair, fair enough. Pretty, still pretty great. Uh, I, I really was not sure. I really did not know if you were going to do this. I really did not know if I was going to do this. Mm. Um, that's why there was like a week between your email and my reply, um, and I had sort of an interesting time, sort of replaying, answering the question: How did we get here? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I don't know. I guess maybe I would like an answer to that. How did we get here? How did we get here? I mean, <laughs> I wanted to be here the whole time. I'm pretty sure I remember. Well, <laughs> I was very enthusiastic to return. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, yes, true. Um, and, you know, like the the sort of way I recall the way things ended was like that phone call. Mm-hmm. And um, I had finished up by saying like, I acknowledge that we run in very align circles i'm sure we'll like know the same people in common which we do obviously and that i wanted to remain like professionally acquaintances or friends and you said you were not interested in maintaining a friendship with me Um, which is fine, you know, totally fine. And I respect and I don't think I did it in some sort of like angry fashion. If I recall, I think I was pretty calm about it. I think like exactly (laughs) the, like as calm as one can be when they're receiving a phone call like that, you know, it didn't like come off as aggressive or anything. But then I remembered back in, I think it was June or July. June. Yeah. I I did. I did check our text. (laughs) Sent me a Booty call, it's 11.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. Oh, I that's not my memory. Uh, my memory was hopefully it was at least with the sundown. Okay, no, it was like a b- morning. Morning, I was actually drinking this exact tea when I read that text. Um, yeah, that's I think not getting any response to that also made me like she probably won't do this thing. Uh, because yeah, that was a little maybe month and a half after a breakup, mm. like a really rough one, mm. breakup number three. Yeah, I think I was like trying to read. I lost a lot of my horniness after that breakup. I was mm. like, and then I was trying to like think of who do I feel comfortable having sex with? That I think I will be horny with who I enjoy their company and who like maybe would want to hook up. Mm. Uh, so I was like, well, Meryl was a babe and very fun. And like, I don't know. Give that maybe maybe not the best type of text at that type of time. Maybe it should have been a later in the night text or a different type of text in the morning. <laughs> I think a different type of text in the morning, right? Because having the context that you just gave me yeah. makes me feel a lot different than the sort of like semi incomprehensible text I received. <laughs> like, Sorry about that. <laughs> it's totally fine. I mean, again, you know. If we're if we do anything, I would hope that it's grow from all of our experiences, yeah. right? But definitely would have been easier for me to respond to that level of honesty, I think, than wanna Yo, wanna, wanna <laughs> comment fuck like a belated work email. I did, I hope I didn't fucking say it like that. It's oh like god. Actually exactly what you said. Oh my. <laughs> well, what an embarrassing time to say I am here right now with uh Meryl. we didn't do that did we i i find a spot uh but yes i did try to booty call you and several people to try to like remember what feeling sexual uh felt like yeah did you find that it was a rough summer 
Yeah, like I, I kind of started, like I went on a couple of dates like, at like the end of June. Um, I'm starting to feel that now where like I can go on a date and have a good time or like want to connect with someone. After a breakup, it was like the type of thing where I'm like, I don't even know if I want to connect with anybody. Yeah, I that actually resonates very deeply with me. Um, I have been like with one little blip on the radar, um, pretty much celibate for the last seven months. Wow. And it's been like crazy for me to um, sort of see myself in a space that feels and looks that way. But um, it's been like a time of an incredible growth. Mm -hmm. And one of my takeaways from it, and I feel like you might resonate with this because we are similarly intense in this way, that I have been like really attached to outcomes. And that is really, really evident in my dating world because I know what I want, right? Like I want to feel, I know how I want to feel and I know what I want from a person in order to get those feelings. And um, I've had a really small idea of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so that means that when I'm sitting at a table across from someone on a first or second date, if they don't match the criteria of that projected outcome, then I don't even really like give them space to yeah. be anything else. And it's been really limiting for me. And I think I needed to do some like me work before allowing myself to fully open up to possibilities because possibilities are both exciting and very scary. What I heard there is I should have texted you eight months ago. <laughs> <laughs> who knows right but you really you really like missed that like pre-growth moment when I yeah. and I think one of the things I discovered for about myself in this period has been I really feel like I'm the kind of person who's very open and mm -hmm. can be very vulnerable with people yeah. but I really make them work for it <laughs> And I don't know that people actually get to see my softness right away because I protect it so much. And it's almost like I don't give people the opportunity to see what they're working towards. Mm -hmm. I'm just like really hard work. So that's, that's, I'm trying to be less hard work for people. I mean, it's interesting. I, I wouldn't say it's not like you were the, you know, we were you're bearing soul right off the bat. But I, I don't remember you as seeming guarded. I, uh, I remember there was enough the hints of the kindness and uh, softness for me to see that that's there just wasn't necessarily like who you put in the front to uh, present yourself, you know, yeah. present to me. Well, but that's I saw nice it. Nice to hear. Yeah. Thank you for saying. I wasn't that. like what a like you know horny but kind of mean witty chick. Like I don't know. Like, she I mean, was nice. sometimes that too. You know, right? Who knows? Uh, but but also in terms of knowing what one wants is, I do know that if I have I if I am sensing romantic chemistry. And I want that with somebody. I don't want to just be friends. That's hard to do. Mm -hmm. I can with someone who like uh, uh, my pan the the woman who I broke up with a couple months before we met. Mm -hmm. the, the romance part wasn't really there. And when we broke up, she was like, oh, "I really want to stay friends." I was cool with that because I didn't want romance with her, so I was cool having friendship with her. But with Wallet No Lady. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to just be friends with you. I'm not going to be, you know, I won't be able to celebrate you doing X, Y, or Z with someone else if I'm just a friend to you. So mm -hmm. I got to go, right? Yeah. So when I said, like, I'm not interested in friendship, that was just me saying, like, 
I dig you, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to enjoy just being a friend with you. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to if I felt like we just like had some fun sex, but you didn't want to do that again. I'd be like, we could still stay friends. I'll, I'll come hang at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This is one of those moments where it's like, why should we communicate with each other? You know, just understanding each other so much more. It just feels nice to Mm -hmm. really understand the why of everything rather than being like, I don't know, it was a dick who didn't want to be friends with me, whatever, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so so I guess we should say, uh, you know, maybe introduce what like the the beginning uh, and I think it was simply like we matched on we matched on Bumble. And we matched on Tinder. That oh, was, was another Tinder? funny part of the email where you were like, "Hey, it's Billy. We met on Bumble," and I was like, "No, but okay." <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe that's why. Because when I went to the Bumble to try to like, I also wanted to see oh, what was the conversation like there? I'm like, oh, I guess she unmatched me. No, I was just in the wrong app. Fuck yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but we matched on Tinder, and you were my you have been my only Zoom date. Because oh, I, yeah. I fucking <laughs> refuse to play into that. I was like, I'll put my cock on the shelf for a while. Like, we'll dust it off when we don't have to do a Zoom date. But you, I was very captivated by. I was like, you know what? I'll do. If she needs to do that to like just save some time, whatever. All right, fine, fine, fine. Wow, this is like such a validating conversation to be having. They, like, this is really hot. For How me. so? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just um, really rare that you receive like feedback like this from anybody ever about what it's like to get to know you and what your how your profile reads on the internet and just hearing that like that is enough to be attractive to someone. It's just not. Again, it's not feedback I'm used to receiving. What so. kind of feedback are you used to receiving? Um, like none, I guess. People, the the one thing that I get often is like, oh, you're so much prettier in person, which is, I don't know, like a jellyfish compliment kind yeah. of. But I, yeah, I don't know. Just like hearing in earnest the way that people receive your energy is just not something I'm used to because I don't, you know, I haven't been in a relationship in a long time. Mm. So yeah, it's uh, the external piece of it is sometimes a little mysterious to me. Oh, interesting. Well, like, yeah, I mean, de- yeah, definitely can- witty, cute enough, <laughs> like-minded enough that I was like, I'll spend, because I think we were on Zoom for like, I think we did the FaceTime, whatever we did, I think it was like two or three hours. Yeah, like, I remember it being one. long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm glad I did this one, but there's not a chance that I could make <laughs> that part of like a regular repertoire, like like a, as a regular screener. Why, so, so why don't you share like why you insisted like in general that you were like, look, dude, I, I got to do some screening first. So like I got to have a video call f- before we meet in person. Um, I think it's multifaceted. Um, obviously, it's just the nature of the pandemic. You know, we met like right around that like big Omicron wave in early 2021. So there was and I also was working at the bar at the time. So. I had like a lot of exposure mm-hmm. and, you know. We'd all like just been getting shots or about to get shots or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think I had just got my first. I think you were like about to get yours or whatever. Yeah. And- so it was, um, you know, that's the that's the context of all of this. Mm-hmm. And um, to be totally honest, like I'm a little bit of a homebody okay. and my very best friend in the entire universe lives right next door to me. So it's that. like. If I'm going to leave the house, be, like I really want it to be like 
exciting, you know, or like worth it, right? That's always the way that I've been. Mm. And in the pandemic, it felt even harder to leave the house. So it felt like this kind of cool way to do a little pre-screening that I wish I could always do. I've always kind of wished that I could have a pre-screening with people before I say, yeah, let's go on a date. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, like time and money, right? Those are the finite resources. And it takes a lot of that to have an active dating life. And I just, you know, as it is now, I don't have a ton of time. So if I'm going out on dates with people, I get really frustrated if I have like five bad dates in a row because it feels like such a waste of time. It's like five to 12 hours you lost. Even though it's work worth doing, right? It's time well spent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it just, it felt like a easy way for me to just like know what I was signing up for in a time that felt very uncertain globally. This like, also right. kind of coincided with a time for me when I was doing a lot of work with boundaries okay. and understanding my own boundaries. And I think like there is a journey that we go on as far as becoming boundaried people. And the first part of that journey is like really setting firm boundaries, like being a person who has boundaries. And eventually you become a person who embodies your boundaries. You you are a boundaried person rather mm. than it be something that you have to like really put a lot of concerted effort into. So I think at that time I was also putting a lot of concerted effort into being a person with boundaries. And if I decided that I had a boundary, I was really committed to mm. following through on it. Who incited that in you before I met you? Um, I, it's my, it was my own work actually. When I was doing my certification training for my coaching work, mm. it was, um, the, the institute that I was trained through, um, the way that they, at the time, I don't know if they still do it this way, but the core curriculum and the advanced curriculum was honestly almost exactly the same. And the importance in doing it twice is that the first time you do the work, it ends up being more for you. And the second time you do the work, it becomes teachable. Mm. That now it's like the focus is not so much on your own healing and growth, but you're learning how to in, uh, integrate that as something that you can now offer to other people. Mm. So it was the very it was a very me focused time of my personal growth and understanding my needs and giving myself permission to have those needs and boundaries. So it felt, um, it was a timing issue more than anything. Okay. I think. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's bad to have boundaries. Just, it's, I mean, it's, it's very cool that that was something you, you know, were coming to on your own. Cause so often when you hear something like it was a time when I was like, making sure I could practice boundaries. Like usually that's like comes right off the tail of being with somebody <laughs> who like makes you realize you need to work on boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The people I dated after you also re- like reaffirmed for me what some boundaries are. So they're both experiences of are definitely like um, avail have been a have happened in recent history. Mm. Um, but it is much more empowering to know that the beginning of it all as far as like this recent chunk of my life was from within mm. and not in response to some sort of like external pain or abuse or trauma or anything. So I am grateful for that. Oh, it's always better when it's uh, self started than just like reactionary, but hundred percent. as long as it, the work gets done all the same, right? Yeah. How were you bad with boundaries before? <sighs> well, <laughs> again, it's a that's quite a question. Um, I promise I would ask I this think... on a first date too. <laughs> I 
Not, <laughs> I'm not just targeting your eyes. <laughs> um, I think it. I didn't um, have a lot of experience with healthy boundaries in general, mm-hmm. especially working in hospitality for 13 years. There's a lot that um, your boundaries are very unique in that world because you really what makes a what makes a good bartender is somebody who you get to know and who gets to know you and someone who is in certain ways like open to people, Mm. which means that you do have to really be like tuned into what your actual boundaries are. And like when you're not tuned into the boundaries, it just ends up being kind of a fucking free for all. Um, And then of course there's the boundaries like, right? Like, boundaries around dating and sex i could set as many boundaries as i wanted for myself like i don't fuck on the first date and like (laughs) come on you know sometimes i do and um kind of like learning how to invest in like my future self that Mm -hmm. the boundaries are maybe like kind of uncomfortable for me but i know that the next morning i feel a type of way so it's like it allows me to hold hands with like past versions of myself and future versions of myself because I'm I'm doing things that are like self-protective and also like self-protective for like my wounds and trauma and inner child and all that stuff, but also self-protective for like future versions of myself when I want to not wake up in someone else's apartment and not know where I am or like, you know, like I don't like that feeling. Sure. So, like, um. What the hell was even the question? What am I even talking about right now? You're doing great. <laughs> I think I was asking about when you, ha- how and when you've had bad boundaries oh, in the past. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then you talk about, you know, um, boundaries of like, you know, how you wake up the next morning and feel about your decisions from the night before. So in- I guess we're not going linear at all. But gosh, like, that made me go, how- how'd she feel waking up next to me? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> how good or bad did that feel? <laughs> I mean... Again, it's more about context than anything. Like, if I want to have sex with someone, I will have sex with them as long as everybody in the room is consenting to it, right? So that's always fine with me. It's more like before I had a real understanding of what my hormones are doing, what my brain chemicals are doing, and that um, instead of, like, thinking, learning that, like, the feelings that I was having are not, like, you're in love with this person, but, like... That was really nice. That made me feel really good. And just allowing it to exist in the container of that feels really good versus now what do I have to do about this? Um, And also the context of like, I don't, I don't know. There's something, but I don't like not knowing where I am. So when I'm at someone's apartment and I don't really know them and I don't really know their place and I'm like kind of like, how do I get home from here? You know, like where do you keep the cups? Yeah. Like I hate that discomfort so much. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll open one cupboard looking for a cup and then I'll open a second. If I can't find it in two, I'm like, I'm not drinking water. I guess that's not happening. (laughs) I'm not going to wake them up and I am not searching through their apartment. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny you use that example too, because I was the one, my blip Your on the blip. radar. Yeah. Um, he saw me go get a glass of water for myself. He didn't want anything. And then later we were sitting on the couch and he just got up and went and got himself a glass of water. And I was like, that's hot. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just so sexy to me. 
So that tells me that there's something important. From here, your own place. From here, my own place. He's like, Like, I don't need to, I'll find it. Exactly. He like, he observed and knew where it was. He didn't need me to fucking get him a glass of water. He's a grown up. And he just did it himself. I don't understand anyone who says, can you go get me a glass of water? It's like, I better be, you better be handcuffed when you ask that. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. But you know, it does like, but the the growth part of it all is like, what does that mean to me? Mm -hmm. Like, it means that there is something innately sexy to me about people who feel comfortable with me and in my space, that they're, they're able to act independently within my space. You don't need to take care of them. Yeah, the really, time. that's hot. <laughs> it's hot because it allows me to pick and choose the times that I want to perform an act of service rather than it being expected of me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I said act of service and yeah, now you, you have the giggles. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Because uh, I was reading, because uh, in in our text uh, after after our date, but before the canceled second, before the co- phone call, there's one where you like sent me a listing for something because I was looking for new apartments at the time, and I just all caps, I go like, "Thank you for your act of service," because mm. I knew that that was something <laughs> your your love language because we covered it. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That is my number one love language. Mm. I have a question. How do you? Is this the question? By the way. No, no. The this, question was, how no, did no, we oh, get here? Oh, okay. How did we get? But this, sorry, keep going. Like, yeah. I'm just excited when someone has a question for yeah, me. Yeah, well, because I, <laughs> I was kind of like, it was such an interesting like reliving for me. And I also don't have our text history, so you're the only one that holds that information. You, te- you, you delete texts. I my phone auto deletes texts after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Oh, you need those receipts. You never know what's gonna happen. That's what screenshots are for. My phone memory does not need to be taken up by like years of texts with people from OK Cupid. You know what I mean? And like that does not. I can delete things that went wrong. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I just that's I'm always my own personal boundary, right? I don't. I don't want those old texts in my phone. I also find that that's like seventy percent of my phone's memory is <laughs> like texts from fifteen years ago or whatever. Wow. So, so, anyways, my question was, how do you? define or think about love languages like how do you know what your love language is we're talking about like the one i do right not the one i need to receive this is actually exactly the question do you think about love languages as far as giving love or receiving love or are they conditional like if i'm on a date like on a first date a way i if if she's not gonna like actively compliment me this actually came up recently I i was on a date on monday and it was like if you don't at some point call me pretty and you don't like try to touch my shoulder or my thigh at some point, I'm, I don't know where I stand. I'm like Monday night. We talked for like six hours at this bar. I didn't know I was doing well till probably like hour three or four when we moved to the bar. And somehow this, that came up. And I mentioned that after I said that she would do some thigh touches and shoulder Mm. touches as like a way to reassure me throughout. And I was like, this is great. Isn't that amazing when you just like ask for what you want and need and someone gives it to you? Mm -hmm. Like, ugh, that's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And again, I think it's important to practice doing that because what it teaches you, it teaches your body that it is safe to have needs Mm -hmm. and it is safe to ask for them. Same thing with boundaries. It's really scary to set a boundary with, especially if it's like a person And it feels like you can't do this anymore, right? But boundaries are, they inform our own behavior. Mm -hmm. So if you act this way, I will not engage with you. Not you cannot act this way. Which is scary for me because then if I have to actually 
uh, follow through on that if the boundaries cross, then it's like, oh gosh, not only am I hurt by whatever happened, but now I also have to, you know, like uh, like two X's ago, like we had some COVID issues where it was just like, I felt like I was being lied to because mm. I was. <laughs> she didn't have a great relationship with the truth. So it was like, uh, I was like, hey, I would like us to exchange our like recent COVID close contacts because like, it seems like we're not on the same page and she refused to do that. I was like, look, I need that and when she was just like being really fucking weird after being caught in a couple lies already i had to be like well then i'm out and i broke up with her Mm. right but that's scary because like now i have it's scary to enact the boundary like it's one thing to just say it but then when someone encroaches you have to it's kind of like does this mean anything or can i keep walking all over you Mm -hmm. and it's scary to enact it because then you also lose the person that you probably don't want to lose yeah it's so that's such a great point um and it brings up the the idea that boundaries are not just something that people cross that we allow them to be crossed mm-hmm. because they govern our own behavior yeah. so if you let them cross them they will keep crossing yeah and it's like a lot of responsibility to have to defend your boundaries all the time or be cognizant or aware of them all the time you know so um but yeah i i ask about the love language because i find that people define it so differently And a lot of times when I ask this question, I ask this question sometimes on dates, like maybe like the third date or something. And that people are like, well, all of them, right? That's all really good stuff. I would take all of that. Gifts? Hell yeah. You know, like, let's go. But I think the way I sort of narrow it down is how do I best receive love when I am at my worst? Mm Mm-hmm. Because when I'm like really low, and I want to shout out my best friend for like offering me that definition of the love languages, I have totally taken that from her. Um, Because I think about when I'm like at my absolute bottom, when Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't anymore, I'm stressed, I am not doing a good job of self-soothing. And if you try to say, like, compliment me, that feels gross. If you are trying to give me presents, I don't want them. If you try and touch me, I will probably recoil. Like, none of that actually. And, like, I don't even really want to necessarily be looked at, right? So quality time Mm. doesn't even necessarily feel good. But, like, what does feel good is someone doing something for me that they know will feel good for me. Mm. I don't have to fucking tell them anything. I don't have to tell them that... I need this or that this would feel good or that I want that something that just like shows up at my door or surprises me with like, Hey, here you go. Love you. Did something nice. Your groceries are on their way. Mm. Or I had dinner ordered to your apartment or whatever. And so it helps me sort of like narrow it down. Cause in like totally different context, I'd be like, yeah, present. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I just think it's sort of an interesting way to like, I, I whenever they come up, I usually ask people that question. How mm. do you think about love languages? Yeah, yeah. And is there one, if you think about it in that way, that feels like that's the one? Yeah, it's the, it, it's those two. It's still, yeah. it's tell me I'm safe, you know, touch me in a way that makes me feel safe. Quality time is cool and all, but if the quality time like doesn't have any words or touch it's hard for me then it's like you know why are you here what's going on (laughs) yeah i think the 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 morning of that phone call so i release on wednesdays that was a wednesday so that morning i put out this in an episode in the intro like i was all like i went on a date last week it was this and that and i was like i was 
quite braggy and blown up. And then like hours later, we had that phone call. And so after I was like, damn, I was like, damn, not only did, did, okay, it's not another date, but I was like, I got to like next week, I got to like eat crow and be like, hey, y'all, remember how excited I was last week? Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, Billy got a little excited. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm. I, you know, it hurts a little bit to be the one that like was on the other side of that because like I am so fucking familiar with your side of that story. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tell too many people about someone that I went on three good dates with and then I'm like, oh, just kidding. He ghosted me, yeah, yeah. you know, so um, yeah, that sucks. Sure. It's it's OK. It's OK. But, uh, you know, well, so- for all of Billy's um, really regular listeners, it's me. Hi. Yep. Yep. Well. How, what are, what do you, how about, what do you remember from that night? The date? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was sort of, um, what I remember most is like this sort of like dissonant internal experience I was having of like, I, it's like one of those times where everything is so good on paper you know Mm -hmm. like we connect like we obviously have good chemistry like um we have a lot of the same interests there's no like discernible thing that Mm -hmm. was like unenjoyable but there was something that just I don't know you know it was like you know I'm just gonna go with it and like let's see maybe I'm just being weird or whatever and um Yeah, I just, like, remember feeling how much I, like, wanted to be so into it. And it's not that I wasn't into it. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what I'm saying Don't worry about hurting my feelings. If you hurt my feelings, they'll probably get a kick out of it. It's fine. I know what my job is. Um, But, yeah, there. I don't know, like... Was there, like, a I want to be into this type? It's like like, I want to be more into this. Sure. and do you think any of that had to, has to do with the context of like where you were at in that? In it's that possible, time? Um, you know, like the only podcast episode that I listened to I, when I, I, we were going yep. out on a date. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm going to say? I, I reread. Yeah. <laughs> I said, ooh, you know, you may want to try like another one. Uh, yeah, yeah. She heard the... <clears throat> And you're not the only one who has scrolled through uh, before going or after going on a date with me and picking that one. Really interesting. (laughs) That's really not the first. Uh, It stands out. And the title is uh, is Billy a sex addict with Andrea Allen uh, giving me the sex and love addicts anonymous like quiz. It's like 30 or 40 fucking questions. You you text me like so I listened and it was that episode. I was like, damn, Mm. damn. Um, and there, okay, so I must have listened to two because there's another, I have another memory and it was this guy who to, in my memory, it was something about, he has like his own podcast or something where he tries to like teach men how to not be fuck boys. Clint Coley advice from a fuck boy who I, I told <laughs> in response to that, I said, you were asking for a suggestion. I was like, try Clint Coley. Okay, I'm, so that's... Okay. I'm proud of that conversation. <laughs> so, like, again, really interesting. Yeah. I really liked it. And also, like, he gave me language to finally answer the question, what is your type? Okay. Which I didn't realize until I listened to that podcast episode was Reformed Fuckboys. I mean... 
Hi, I'm Billy. Nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> um, and there was something that you guys talked about in that episode about like how it's not hot when people are pressed for sex. Right. And it was something, it was like adjacent to that energy. Like I wanted there to be more mystery. And that is a toxic trait of mine mm-hmm. that I think I was sort of like projecting onto this situation between the two of us. I was like, well, there's no mystery here. Like for either oh, of you us. Have like, no idea. It, that's that's like you, how how it felt, I guess, in that moment. I don't know. If I know like, if you need mystery. I'd be like, hey, here's three boxes you're not allowed to open right now. <laughs> and then I and I'll be like, they're there. Just you don't get them right now. <laughs> And again, like I'm constantly holding space for the fact that like what a fucking crazy time in our lives. Like it was also an extra crazy time for me and like my like learning about myself and like turning inward and also trying to turn outwards to new people was kind of difficult for me in that time. Um, And yeah, you know, like just something felt like. I don't know. It's really, really hard to name exactly what that feeling was. Um, Maybe it was connected to that sort of like attachment to outcomes, like Mm. sort of thing. Also, I remember at the time there was like you were having beef with one of your roommates. Hashtag where's the Pam? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was going on. And I remember feeling weird about that. Yeah. I I had funny feelings about that. Like, that kind of like raised a couple flags for me. Like I was like, well, this, I don't know. Like no, the short version is she just kept moving the Pam and like hiding it in cupboards and I'd put it back out and she'd keep hiding it. And then eventually she just like tossed it behind the oven and then pretended she didn't know where it was. It, It just made me feel a little edgy. Like we're choosing to like, kind of blow up this whole story on your Instagram when like it kind of seems like this is a cry for help so but like what is your responsibility and all of that I don't know any of these people like how much is oversharing what's content because like that's (laughs) and again context right I was I was doing my certification training for intimacy coaching Mm -hmm. like that kind of shit stood out to me in a way that it might not have had I not been knee deep in dealing with this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff so um yeah, you know, it was just like a kind of weird time for me, weird time for us, sure. like um, my own toxicity at the time of like, ugh, just like not enough bad boy energy or whatever, <laughs> you know, like you're such a fucking nice guy. Like, oh, damn, again with that. Uh, yeah. I know, I know. It's like, I imagine is that, is you... That part, so you do want some bad boy. Well, like I said, reformed fuck boy, right? right? Like... um. I think there is, yeah, I, 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 I don't do it. I, I fear saying too much about it. I will like manifest all these like insane men who are like trying, you know what I mean? That are going to, I'm going to have to wade through or something. But like, um, yeah, there is something about, because I have a little bit of that, like, I want to get in trouble mm-hmm. energy. And so when I see that in other people, it kind of like lights up my inner child in a way where I'm like, Oh, like, what are we going to get into? You know, it's going to some trouble. And, um, that, but like the, I I would appreciate that from somebody who also understands that that is what's happening, you Mm -hmm. know, who will not 
go like an emotionally available fuckboy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> That's what it says on my business card. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't, it should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as uh, someone who works <clears throat> around intimacy, what are your thoughts about what we chose to do that night? Something that I've been calling since then uh, love play. <laughs> yeah i have met, i have talked about this quite a few times it's hot right it was <laughs> a transcendent experience yeah it's really really hot to like set a container for yourselves to be like i'm not necessarily gonna mean any of this but i'm gonna say all this stuff that mm-hmm. i just want to fucking pour out of my body um how are you defining? Can you can you tell me how you have defined love play to your listeners? I mean, I've never heard of this ever. So no, you're, just, we're making it up right, <clears throat> right now. Right, we're making so. it up. So it's like <laughs> when I described it to them foolishly the morning of uh, that call, uh, <laughs> I, I, I described it as same building a container because of I knew I had, you know I just had a breakup a couple months prior. I think you had said you had gone out of something something many months prior, whatever. And just the idea of like cooped up in pandemic and stuff, just um, saying I love you is awesome and it feels good. And we, I think I had phrased it when I pitched it to you as like, let's be a little emotionally reckless. Let's be emotionally irresponsible. That's right. Emotionally reckless. Oh, like just hearing that phrase makes me like, like floods those my body with those feelings Mm -hmm. again, you know? Yeah. Like cuddling up with someone and like acting like this is. Uh, the spooning you do with a partner you've been with for five years, but for mm-hmm. a night you're gonna just—it's for a night we're gonna pretend that's what we're kind of role playing being in love in yeah. a way. So when I pitched it, I described it as that, and we both agreed like we're gonna kind of let the valve open on that, and we're gonna do that knowing that it uh it starts and ends in that room, mm-hmm. and like when we leave the next morning, it's all fine and. No one's actually in love with like it's fine. Yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this: like when we were doing it, it it wasn't just saying it. Like just in the moment, I felt like I loved you. Yeah, I mean, I like, think that's those chemicals were going. That's like the point, right? right? That's the point. Like again, like I talk about this all the time. Why do we go to sex? Everybody has their own individual reasons for going to sex, mm-hmm. and that's like what feelings you want to have during sex. And things like love, feeling loved is really only accessible with someone that you're in love with, right? Yeah. And then so it's so, like, can we love each other just for the next like 12 hours? Right. Like, can we and have, turn it off? Like, turn, bring fantasy, welcome fantasy into the room mm. and like make a really conscientious container knowing like and also there's like emotional aftercare available for stuff mm-hmm. like that like i need you to tell me that you like me i need you to tell you know what i mean just whatever would feel like restorative after that experience but yeah like the point is we go to sex for feelings that feel fucking good mm-hmm. and it feel that felt really good yeah especially at a time when like we were super isolated. I mean, our nervous systems didn't have people to re- co-regulate with. We were kind of just like trying to survive and feeling super pent up. So like that was a huge emotional expression. It was like very cathartic. And yeah, like why not? Why not love play? You know? I'm glad to like- hear that because 
I think when you were saying like the emotional aftercare and like, I want to hear that you like me. I just wanted to hear the next day, <clears throat> which you did. But like, I just wanted to hear that. Like, I didn't freak you out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I agree. Like, that was a really um, exciting experience for me. And also exciting because like, it did feel like we were creating something that was like special just for what our needs were in that moment. Yeah. And like, that's what I encourage people to do all the time. So yeah, there, there's some almost like a, I'm almost like proud of us for opening that space up. And I just want to say like, that is not something you can do with everyone. There is Absolutely. a lot of like emotional responsibility that comes into play there. And I'm not sitting here being like, go tell strangers that you love them. Like, don't do that. <laughs> um, and, you know, I feel like honestly, one of the things that that sort of helped me with a little was like, I can, I, I, have experienced a lot of love bombing in my life and mm -hmm. have discovered that I have pro like very likely also love bombed people mm -hmm. and experiencing sex in that way with that permission allowed me to get that out of my system so I could actually feel my real feelings more than this like little Disney princess inside of me who's like, I love you now, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I actually think it was very healthy for me to have that experience and pretty cool. Like would do again under the right circumstances, you know, like I think, I think um, people really underutilize the space of fantasy and I like really it was a really amazing experience for me to like curate a fantasy situation yeah. that was so fucking aligned with my again this like little inner Disney princess who was like so desperate to be in true love you know <laughs> and um, just like let her play yeah a little bit yeah um, so that was really cool that was really cool for me and yeah like not not related at all and again it's one of those moments where like it was so incredible that it was frustrating i was like i want to feel feel differently about this connection you know because mm -hmm. all the stuff is good like body positive sex positive you have this podcast like similar again tick 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 and I do remember when we were texting and making those plans and thank you for like doing so much reminding about those text messages that I don't have anymore. I mean, look, it's really, I, I, we can pause and you can really, go look if you want. It's, like, it's really <laughs> bringing me back to those like feelings. Of, oh, that was a big Buffalo accent moment. Bringing me back. It's really bringing me back to like the feelings that I was experiencing in my body at that time. Cause it was like, my mind was saying, yeah, go on the date. This guy's a good guy. You had great sex. Like, yeah, I'm right. Sorry, can you back up? Can you say that? Last part again? <laughs> like, we had great sex. <laughs> I'm just gonna play that on loop while I go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ASMR of Meryl saying we had great sex. Um, and but not enough tattoos. I don't know if it's doing for me. Well, look, you know, we can't all be perfect. Yeah, but um, yeah, this might that my mind and my body were not in agreement. Sure. And because I was doing fucking literally somatic training, tune into the body, I listened to my body. Glad and you did. that doesn't always leave me with answers as to why. Rather, like, I'm just listening. Mm -hmm. 
um, which like doesn't do anything to provide a sense of closure or information for a person. I acknowledge that right now. I don't really have that for you. That's right. I, I mean, um, you know, you, you did enough, uh, on that call and now I look ever since I like look back on that night as like an amazing night. That's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. Cause sometimes you keep during this past hour, you've like flashed me looks of like, Oh God, I hope I'm. It's like, I, I, am, I promise I'm it's fine. True. I'm okay. It's like, oh God. I am know. okay. <laughs> Again, but you know, I don't have the opportunity to say this stuff to people. When do I ever talk to my exes like this? You, you know? could buy a couple microphones. So, yeah, and, like, uh, you don't have this ideas not like trademarked out there somewhere? You um, know, like, no, there are guys we fucked, then me, then Nicole Byer, and now everybody's doing it. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> um, well, yeah, I... Uh, it's I appreciate the space to do this and like unpack this, you know, because and to also like I don't know that I, I would have like traveled all the way back in time to revisit that night in such a visceral way because maybe I'm learning something here because I got rid of the evidence, right? The texts are gone. <laughs> like uh, it's just, you know, I don't have anything really to reflect on other than like my own memory. And I'm glad that we have this space to do it because i really 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 did enjoy myself that night i'm really 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 happy <laughs> uh to hear that uh as you've alluded to you do uh work in sex therapy mm. and so uh, adjacent i'm a sex you, and intimacy coach sex so and intimacy coach. the clinical boundaries of therapy do not apply i do have you're like i can boundaries. still write a book about it uh no <laughs> yeah. No, just I, I know there's a lot. You know, there's the coaches, there's the therapists, there's the this, there's the that, there's the uh, there's peer. Was it peer support? Right? There's yeah. There's all. And kinds that's just of... like paying to talk. To, I think I did that. Uh, a couple. I think I did that yesterday. Uh, uh-huh. Technically, a listener emailed me. And was like, hey, could I like maybe pay you to just like hear me vent for like an hour, like somewhere between a therapist and uh, some guy at the bar? And I was like, mm. yeah, I, I could do that. Uh, which way? Hey, buddy, you, I, you, I know you're listening, and uh, I hope you're doing okay. Hope that helped. Uh, so, but so you do work in that realm, mm-hmm. and you had an interesting idea uh, that I thought would be a great bonus episode uh, about fantasies. Mm. And I, I, if you're still down, I'd like to explore that with you. If you're down, yeah, totally. Well, well, Meryl, um, thanks for holding the space with me. I'm glad to mm. hear you're you're doing better. You you look and sound great. So. Likewise, this has been really awesome and a nice walk down memory lane here. Meryl, where can people go uh, to to find you, to follow you, uh, to check out the work that you're doing? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram at so very Meryl, and Meryl is spelled like Meryl Streep. I always say hello to her when I'm on podcasts, hoping that one day <laughs> she will know who I am. And my website is verymeryl.com. There's a contact form there. You can write me there. You can DM me on Instagram, um, my email, my fake phone number. It's all there. So I do this work because I love people and I'm really curious about people. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just uh, the social media piece is hard for me. So Instagram, when you go to it, is sort of like a placeholder that will show you who I am and what I'm about. And we can connect further off of off of my Instagram page if there are more questions and stuff. Fantastic. Uh, Well, Patreon people, you're going to hear some more tomorrow. But for now, Meryl, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody. Um, Happy to bring love play to life for everyone (laughs) and put a voice to the name and to the stories. And thank you, Billy, for having me and having the bravery to even reach out. 
Wait, 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 wait. Uh, before you go, I'm not, I promise this is not going to all be spam. There's actually more content. If you just hang tight, you're going to hear a nice, really healthy length teaser of my bonus episode with Merrill, okay? And that's gonna come out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon, And but you're gonna get like a nice healthy taste of like what that can be. She's gonna tell you about her like fantasy. Don't you wanna know what her like biggest fantasy is? You just gotta stay tuned real quick. And now I'll fly through the business. Folks, I uh, would love to know what you thought about this week's episode in the champagne room. Come online to Discord and connect with hundreds of like-minded listeners. Not only do we talk about sex toys and kink and share sex stories, but we're also talking about cannabis and movies and gaming and uh, something called shit posting. Introduce yourself today. Make some new online friends in the champagne room at manhorpod.com slash discord. You can also email me your reactions to this week's episode. You may just hear it on the show. Send all your uh, comments and questions and criticisms to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Some of y'all may have noticed this a week or two ago, but there is now an official Manwhore Podcast trailer. Only took me eight and a half years, my lazy fucking ass, but I did it. And I, it, it's also a PG-13, totally shareable, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You'll see the trailer pinned to the top of the feed. Would very much appreciate uh, you helping spread the word about the pod. Now, becoming a member of my Patreon community at the $5 level will gain you access to nearly 300 bonus episodes of the show. And I've got a bonus episode with Meryl coming out tomorrow where we're just discussing fantasies. I'm sharing what I was jerking off to growing up. Uh, the fancy wheel that went around my head. She's sharing what her fantasies are. In fact, if you just wait like another few seconds, you're going to hear a teaser. You're going to hear right now, you're going to hear Meryl share one of her really big fantasies. And if you want to hear her share the rest of her fantasies, become a member today and gain access at patreon.com slash podcast. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot. Calm. Fuck, I need like another syllable or two. I'm happy to be connecting with people again. I am happy to really just feeling hot and sexual again. Gosh, I'm just so fucking happy that I'm out there trying to stay slutty. Honestly, my hottest sexual movie starts with I'm cooking dinner. My whoever partner, whomever, is on their way over, and their job is to bring dessert and wine. And they text me and say that they're going to be half an hour late, which is amazing because I am always running half an hour late when I'm cooking, and I always want extra time. So it's really better if you're not on time for me all this necessarily. So in this moment, and so you know, the information that this gives me is that makes me feel known. That makes me feel like understood and that I'm not being judged at all for what a lot of people would think of as a fault, like running late. So there's just a small example of why that turns me on, why that totally innocuous non-sexual piece of my fantasy is hot to me.